Where did the blame game originate? This actually goes much longer, uh, further back than many of us realized. This tendency to want to blame or to cast a fault or, or to um, um, criticize others and, and to blame other people for the different uh, issues or outcomes or problems or challenges or limitations in our life, we're going to look back in history and see when was the very first time that blame entered our world and all of the results and the effects that has taken place since then and then what we can do to uh, counteract this blame and when we find that uh, the tendency is not really what we want to do. My name is Enoch Leffingwell, founder of the Army of Youth Ministries, where we are passionate about helping young people to identify their unique talents and to dedicate them to Christ's service. If this is something that interests you, I encourage you to subscribe and follow us on social media so that you can find more messages just like this one. We're looking at blaming, and where did this happen? Well, if you go into uh, the Word of God to Genesis chapter 3, it was right after uh, Eve had taken of that forbidden fruit and was beguiled by the serpent. Then God is looking and is saying, Adam, where art thou? And Adam says, well, when we, were, when we saw you coming, we, we were afraid. We saw that we were naked and we hid ourselves. And God asked a very interesting question. He said, well, who told you that you were naked? Now, God knew, but he was asking so that he would think because God is, uh, his questions were very instructive. And in this, um, Adam, his response <clears throat> was amazing because right as sin enters the world, then immediately afterwards, Adam says, well, it was the woman that you created. She gave me of this fruit and I did eat. It's like, it's not my fault. It's her fault. And actually, God, it's your fault, too, because you created my wife. And then he starts blaming God and he blames Eve. And so often we find when there's there's hardships, rather than taking ownership of his of his decision to eat of that fruit, rather than taking responsibility for his actions and the outcomes of his actions, he starts blaming Eve and he blames God. And how often do we really do this when we, when different things happen in life, when, when we're unhappy with our results or unhappy with what we have or what we don't have in life, we often blame God or the experiences that we've gone through that sometimes they may be traumatic experiences or sometimes they may be uh, very perplexing. And we start, the moment any question comes up, we start blaming God for all these things that happen in life. And then God looks over to Eve and says, Eve, it's like, what did you take of the fruits that's uh, of the forbidden fruit? And he was like, it was the serpent. It was a serpent that you created. He beguiled me and he gave me the fruit and I ate this. So then again, Eve is saying, well, it is again, it's not my fault. It's the serpent's fault. And you created the serpent. So really, it's your fault. So both of them, again, they're blaming God, they're blaming each other, they're blaming the serpent, anyone but themselves. This is the principle of sin. This is the effects of sin. What happens when we do not take ownership of that which we have, of our responsibility and our part. This is um, a fundamental thing that I really want to deal with today because a lot of times when we are not taking ownership, 
and responsibility of the things in our lives, then we have no control. We have no ability to do that. We become victims to our circumstances. But God is, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free from your circumstances, free from from casting blame, free from uh, those things that limit you. When you start taking, one thing that I learned that was so helpful is that when you take 100% ownership of everything that is in your life or not in your life, then you have no one else to blame. You can either take ownership or you can blame, but you can't do both at the same time. And another example of how we do this a lot is often we find ourselves saying, I don't have time to do the things I need to do. I don't have time for my devotions. I don't have time for my family. I don't have time for my health. I don't have time for all of these things that I want to do. It's like, I got so many projects and, and it's like, oh, how do like, I don't have time to do all these things. And, and if you ever feel like you're always moving and never really getting ahead, it's like, it's like, where's all the time? And, and we blame the time that we don't have. But the truth be told, everybody has been given the same amount of time. We all have 24 hours in a day. How is it some people are able to accomplish in five hours what takes others 10 hours to do? It's how they manage their time, how they use their time, and what they don't do and what it, they do do. And um, this is, there is um, a lot of times, when we're saying that we don't have time, what we're really saying is we don't have priorities because you have time for what you make time for. I'll say this again, you have time for what you make time for. <clears throat> so what we could do is um, instead of focusing on all the variables in life, the things that pop up and, and how when we try to do something and it doesn't happen and we start looking at everything that's out of our control and we start blaming that and saying that's the reason why I can't live my calling or to do what God has called me to do or obey or do the right thing or contribute or take care of my health or, or my relationship with God. Instead of blaming something, why not take ownership of the portion that we do control? I mean, it's true. There are some things that are out of our control in life. But my question for you is, what about those pockets of your time that you do control? What about those areas that you do um, have the ability to decide what to do or that we tend to find uh, scrolling through social media, watching on videos or having conversations that we really don't need to be having at that time. Maybe they're not light um, um, edifying or uplifting, encouraging or, or helpful. They're just idle conversations. As Matthew chapter 12 verse 36 says, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. So we have to give account for our time. That's why Ephesians 5, 16 says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. God wants us to redeem the time. But the way that we do this is by gathering up the fragments, that the fragments of time, let nothing be lost. And when we start really, if every moment were rightly employed and rightly valued, we would have all the time that we need for ourselves, for our relationship with God, for our family, for our contribution to the world for the cause of Christ, we would have all the time necessary to do what God has called us to do. But the, the secret is we have to take ownership of that which we do influence, of that which we do control, because all the blaming and complaining of what we don't have, this lack, the scarcity, the, the limitations of our time, this isn't the thing that's going to help us 
to be able to live the calling that God has for your life. And um, there, there's a lot of things that we can that we could point to and we could look at and we could see that, oh, that that's the reason why I'm not able to do the things that God is calling me to do. But, or maybe maybe there's a person where like there's this person who's always wants these expectations for me. They always want me to do things and it's hard for me and they keep asking me for more and I don't and and we don't tell them no or we're just like I don't want to let them down or I don't want to like have unmet expectations or maybe like they're maybe it's my parents or maybe it's my spouse or maybe it's my my children or or we want to blame people in our life or or maybe it's someone who's done something to us and we think that they're the reason why I can't uh, follow God's plan or I can't do the right thing as when Jesus uh, talked about the parable of the wedding and this king has made this feast and he bid his guests. He said, come, I made a feast. Like, come join me for the wedding. They're like, oh, I can't. I just uh, I just bought some land, so I need to go check it out. And then another man was like, oh, I just married a wife, so I can't go. And someone else was like, well, I just bought some oxen, so I got to go take care of the oxen. And they're blaming their stuff. They're blaming their, their wife again uh, for the reason why they can't serve Christ, why they can't um, spend their time doing the thing that God has called them, has invited them, has bidden them, has encouraged them to do. So you have a purpose. You have a high calling in Christ Jesus. God has a plan for your life. And there is no limitations that is preventing you, no real limitations that prevent you from doing what God has called you to do. If all of God's biddings are enablings, and when you really recognize that there are decisions you can say, you can tell people no, you can prioritize your focus in life. You can choose to not make, um, it, it's like like when serving Christ or using your talents for what God is calling you to do, or maybe it is uh, an organization, a ministry, a business, or something that you're you're starting and you're, you're trying to contribute. Instead of making your children to be your excuse, what if you make them your reason that is for your family or turn the thing that you blame and realize like that's the reason why I need to do it and I have no other option. And when you start to make that shift, it makes a big difference. But it's by taking ownership of the things in our life. You know, in Revelation 12, 12, it talks about now is the accuser of our brethren cast down. Satan is called the accuser of our brethren. Whenever we start noticing that we're blaming someone or blaming blaming others for the things in our life, that's an indication of whose voice are you listening to. A lot of times we think we're, we're thinking, but we're actually listening. There's a third party involved. There's another voice. It's not God's voice, and it's not your thoughts either. It's, it, it's Satan. It's the enemy that is whispering and speaking to you. And we have to really separate ourselves and realize, hold on, that is not in the spirit of Christ because Christ is asking me to acknowledge my responsibility, acknowledge what I can do. Luke 16, verse 10, powerful, powerful promise. It's my favorite verse in all the Bible. And it says, he that is faithful in that which is least will be faithful also much. He that is unjust in that which is least will be unjust also much. So instead of focusing on all these things that we don't have or that we're missing or or and, and blaming this as why we can't have consistent devotions, why we can't um, spend time with the Lord, why we can't develop a skill that's going to help us to contribute to our calling, then we can look at um, what 
do we have, how can I be extremely faithful with the little things that I have, the little opportunities, the time that I do control? There might be parents setting my schedule. There might be other, other like, like an employer or boss setting my schedule. But what about the time that I influence? What about the times we got 24 hours in a day? There are decisions you can make. And you may not make all the decisions, but what decisions do you have? Because when you take 100% ownership of everything in your life, or not in your life, then you have no one else to blame. And this is my strong encouragement to you, my friends, is that when we recognize that blaming originated in the Garden of Eden after sin, immediately after sin entered the world, then blame started being cast, then just realize, wait a second, what is the fruit of this blame? Where is this coming from? And it's coming from a very dark place. But if you want light, if you want abundance, you want help from God, if you want strength, then we have to cooperate with God. We have to co-labor with God and to recognize that we have a part to play. And instead of um, seeing ourselves as a victim, help uh, to recognize that what are the things that we can do? Because Philippians uh, 4.13 says, I can do how many things for Christ? All things through Christ who strengthens me. And all, what does all mean? All means all. There's no limitation that you have in fulfilling God's will. All of his biddings are enablings. So this is, and one of the best ways we could do this is to keep account and really keep track of what is the time that I do have? How am I spending it? And who are the people that I do know? Like maybe, uh, maybe I can, I could be more intentional with my relationships or, or what about questions? The things I don't have, Jesus says you have not because you ask not. So what if I pray more specifically in my prayers for the things that I'm lacking so I can have greater clarity, greater focus, greater or mentors in my life or or opportunities or, or um, not just waiting for opportunities, but creating opportunities and, and praying that God will provide. I've found every time I pray for an opportunity to be a light and a blessing to others, I find them because I'm looking for them. So my encouragement to you is to really keep counts and keep track and and really look at what, not how much have you been given, but what are you doing with that which you have? If you want a special tool we put together to help you to keep track of what you're doing and what you have, and so that you could be more, um, more aware and, and more faithful in that which is least, we put together this Live Your Calling Daily Account Book. And this is a very helpful book that helps you to prioritize your focus, make those difficult decisions to know what to do, what not to do, who to say yes to, what to not say yes to, and to really take ownership of the things in your life. This will help you to do a complete life assessment. We have some pages on here that will help you um, to understand where are you right now and where is God calling you to be and what is the gap and what do you need to do with practical, actionable steps to get in the direction that God is calling you to go. And if you want to grab your copy of your Live Your Calling Daily Account book, all you got to do is go to the website, thearmyofyouth.com forward slash account book, and you can grab your copy today. That's again, thearmyofyouth.com forward slash account book. And we would love to get this shipped over to you. Um, this has been life transforming to help to recognize what can we take responsibility for and to start being intentional about these things so they don't slip through the cracks. So if you thought that this video was a blessing, if you want to tell others about it, I encourage you to hit share. Let others know who do you know that could benefit from 
that mindset of taking ownership and co-laboring with God, depending on him, but doing our parts. Go tell it to the world, friends. And if you like the video, then hit like and subscribe. Follow us on social media so you get more messages just like this one. And remember, friends, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies a call.